You're listening to King Size, Not Fun Size with your host, Lauren Bass, a podcast with the purpose of shedding light on the health disparities that plus size women and men of color endure due to the lack of health resources and Western societal pressures. Welcome to the fifth and last episode, Evolution. The theory of evolution talks about survival of the fittest, coming out on top, bouncing back with the theme of resilience. And that is exactly what I would like for you listeners to take away from this podcast is that no matter what obstacles you go through, there's always a chance for you to change, adjust, and come back on top. And that is exactly what the plus size community has been doing since the beginning of our journey. No matter what period of time, there was always somebody who was bigger than the other, but that never stopped us from continually doing what needed to be done, living life the way that you are, loving yourself the way that you are. Throughout the course of these five episodes, we've been able to hear about all the different things that the plus size community endures on a day-to-day basis, stemming all the way back from slavery until the present. You've been able to hear stories from male perspectives as well as female perspectives on the different things that plus size, extended wear, and big and tall men and women have to go through. In this final episode, you will hear from Dr. Shauna Johnson, who will tell us a little bit about another way that while you're on your personal journey in the plus size community, that you can adjust and evolve and become the healthier person that you can be. But we also touch on the fact that we need societal relief of the pressure of changing when it is not our time, as well as the support financially that we need due to the system that we are stuck in. In my podcast, you were touching on the lack of education as well. Regularly, a lot of people sometimes can't afford healthcare, do not have insurance. And so when they are coming to get the education and the knowledge about the healthier food options from you, Think about the ones that can't, the ones that don't have that opportunity. And so they're not even understanding what healthier food options are. And they find themselves in those food deserts, in those cycles where they don't have the healthier food options. And that's why we are still topping the charts in obesity, which is one of the largest problems here in the United States. It's interesting. I have very good health insurance. I have excellent health insurance. Um, one of the best health plans you know, that I could buy. And it does not cover for me to see a nutritionist because I don't have diabetes. Um, So individual. So and again, and because my plan for my health system doesn't cover, for example, bariatric medicine, therefore, it doesn't cover for me to go to one of these nutritionists. So sometimes it's about availability within plans. So um, or where you're working, you know, if you work, you know, I work for a health system, but for example, some people who work for the shipyard, for example, their health plan does allow for that. So part of the the problem that I run into is people like, I love to go to nutritionists, but my insurance doesn't cover it. Because again, if they don't have diabetes, now when they have diabetes, that's different. They pretty much allow them to go to the nutritionist as much as they want. And, and sometimes for certain conditions like hypertension, you can go, but it's not a routine thing. You kind of go like once or twice and then you're kind of done. But um going to a nutritionist and working with a nutritionist, the patients that I've had, even, you know, those that are diabetic and can go, you know, two, three times a week or whatever they need has made a huge difference. I've seen weight come off because they have that resource. And so that's probably one of the biggest, most disheartening things is that we have the resource available, but 
people just don't have coverage. They can't get it. That's the real disappointment. Right. So you said that the ones who may have jobs at the shipyard, they could possibly under their plan. Yeah. So for example, and I use the shipyard just because that's a huge uh, employer here in this um, area. The shipyard insurance, if if an individual, now that's another point, if the individual has a shipyard insurance, so if they are not able to afford the insurance or they're not able to, you know, have their coverage, um, they may not have this. But for most individuals who have it, for example, their insurance would allow them to see a nutritionist under a bariatric medicine plan. Um, some of our federal workers, you know, the people who work at the VA, again, their insurance plans allow them to have access to a nutritionist as much as they need. Wow, but you're That's a doctor. With just the diagnosis of obesity, yeah. Okay, that's interesting to me because like you're a doctor and you're doing all this great work to help people become healthier and healthier, but then your insurance doesn't allow for you to have that same resource. That's very interesting. And that's a good point because I am a physician. When I need to meet with a nutritionist, what do I do? I pay out of pocket. So again, if someone has my insurance plan but can't afford that pay out of pocket expense, guess what happens? They don't get that, they don't get it. And so that's the disheartening part. And if you think about meeting with a nutritionist, the cost that's involved, it's not an expensive uh, undertaking. And most of the time, you know, from a standpoint, when you're meeting with the nutritionist, they're doing classes with, and especially now with the Zoom issue, they're doing classes with multiple people at one time. So it's not like they're meeting with just one person at that time. Sometimes they're, you know, having Zoom classes with two and three people on. So again, it's, it's almost like in some ways, one person can pretty much pay the, that one person could pay the salary of the nutritionist for that one meeting and have two or three other people involved. Um, but that's one of the ways that I think if we were to make changes, we would make nutritional counseling. Now, we could counsel people all they we want, but again, if they don't have access to the food, if they don't have access to the, um, or resources or, or the ways to pay for those healthier food options, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, we are working, um, my, the church I belong to, one of the things they're we're starting to do, and we unfortunately did because of COVID, things have kind of slowed down, but working on, you know, having a garden in the city to help people be able to get healthier food choices. You know, um, I'm very fortunate in that um, my husband, his part-time job is he's a farmer. So this summer we were able to get all fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that from the garden. But um, not everybody has access to that. And nice. so realize that that's hard. And, you know, even when we talk about going to farmer's markets, sometimes they are not close and they're hard to get to. Right. What area here in Virginia do you live in? I live in the Tidewater area in, in, um, the, um, on the south side in Chesapeake. Okay. Are there fresher food options? I know you said your husband is also a farmer. Are there other areas for you to get things outside of his crops and everything that he does? Yes. I mean, and I have grocery stores that are right by me that I'm able to get um, fresh fruits and vegetables. But like we alluded to before, buying fresh is going to be more expensive than frozen or canned. So. So what do you typically buy? And that's a good point, because when we talk about obesity, um, I'm a champion for weight loss. I myself just went through a, a major weight loss journey over the last two years and have lost um, close to 75 pounds on this weight wow. loss. Wow, congratulations. And so again, weight gain after two children, 
you know, uh, right after the children, you know, starting residencies, starting to work, didn't have time to exercise, um, but really made a concerted effort over the last two years to really work on changing the diet and exercising. And so when we talk about what I'm eating now, you know, lean meats, chicken, fish, um, and if I have red meat, it's the leaner pieces of red meat, um, lots of vegetables, lots of salads, um, and, you know, like we say, trying to stay away from the carbs. So, you know, really limiting the breads, the rice, the pastas, um, and exercise. And um, one of the things that people always talk about, well, I don't have membership to a gym. I can't afford a gym. Um, but walking is free. Um, I do a ton of walking. Um, I did buy a bike for outside that I do ride outside. And we do have equipment in the house, but I'm more of an outdoor person. So I find myself doing more exercise outside. But even with walking being free, sometimes individuals are in areas where they can't walk. You know, it's a little dangerous for them to. But, um, so I encourage them, you know, if you have access, you know, go to the grocery store. And one of the tricks I do is I go to um, like to the big box stores like BJ's or Sam's. And even when I don't need anything, I just walk up and down each aisle because by the time you walk around that entire place, you've got a pretty good exercise uh, regimen going on there. So I do that quite a bit. Um, I might go to the mall again and just walk inside the mall, um, just walk around, not going in the stores, but just going up and down the, the hallways to get the exercise in a warm, safe environment. So I encourage my patients to do the same. That's actually really smart. I've never thought about walking up and down the aisles at a grocery store at the mall, because I know for me, being a young woman, I live by myself here um, and I commute to Hampton University. It's my senior year and we have a gym here. It just is kind of, um, it's very tiny, it's closed off. And so I typically feel uncomfortable if there's another person in there due to COVID for it to be like a very small, like unventilated area. Um, and then walking around by myself, like I'll take my metal bat sometimes, but that still sometimes is discouraging because of just the idea of, or the possibility of something happening to me. I am plus size, um, I'm a size 16 and I've been overweight my entire life. Um, I have family that are diabetic on both sides, my mom and my father. And so to think about the malls and the grocery store walks, that actually, you've helped me a lot because I think I'll try that too. You do not have to have a membership card to walk into BJ's. You could walk into BJ's with a basket and just walk up and down the aisles. And obviously if you're not, you don't have a membership, you can't purchase anything, but I do that all the time. I, I do have a membership to BJ's, but yeah, I just literally go up and down every aisle, even though I don't need anything off that aisle. Now I may be shopping and putting things in a basket, but I'm constantly moving. Um, I also have a Fitbit fitness tracker, so I keep up with my steps during the day. Um, something as simple as during the course of the day when I'm at work, I'm walking, we have a, a big building. So I'm walking patients back and forth, you know, up the halls and, you know, I'm at the end of the day, just from working, I'll get like 8,000 steps. And then I might go to BJ's, you know, and again afterwards and do another eight to 10,000 steps, just the walking. And so that's, you know, exercise that didn't cost me anything. 